Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. And this is episode number 66. Do you feel bad if you take my this is part? Not, no, because you keep taking my part, so. Yes, yeah, true. Here we are. Episode 66. We here we are. Here yes. We are. Okay. Let's go. Let's what? just dive on in, Chris. Let's just do it. <clears> no, my voice is a little scratchy. No stupid banter, right? Or, you know. I think people like our banter. It's not playing. It's maybe just, we're just naturally I sarcastic guess, human beings. I guess they keep listening. So do they? Here we are. <laughs> well, today's a little bit like last week, as in we're following up on last week's episode. If you listen to episode 65, we talked about why we believe your spouse should be first in your life over your children. And spouse if you kids. have not yet heard that, please go back and listen because I think it'll give you good context for this episode and understand um, where we're coming from here. But today we want to talk a little bit more about that. That's how important this pillar of our show is. And we'd like to tell you kind of what we believe the repercussions are if you continue to put your kids first. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, our normal disclaimer of distractions. We have many of them available <laughs> to you today. So one is uh, L4, Ledger, is on Jonna's lap wide awake. We have L3 uh, in the baby monitor, and she's currently screaming Jonna's name right now, asking her questions and not asleep for her nap. And then the other two are in our upstairs loft, just, We're just waiting trusting to them to be quiet, right? And barge it. <sighs> you just turn the monitor down. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to have to turn the monitor down. Okay, so here we go. Here's the deal, right? Now we are moving from spouse over kids into, like like Jonna said, what are the repercussions of putting our kids over spouse? And it's a funny little acronym, isn't it? It is. And first of all, you need to know that this is not in a judgmental way. And this is from personal experience. Not all of these things have happened to us, but we have experienced some of them. And then we know people personally who have experienced these, uh, like I said, repercussions from not putting their spouse first, but in fact, the um, all the attention and stuff in the kids. So we have a nice little acronym, acronym, acronym. <laughs> acronym for uh, what happens if kids come first. And that is bead. Bead. Don't bead like that. Don't. No, Chris. Don't. No. Don't be like that. Come on, grow getters. <laughs> Come on, grow getters. <laughs> I can't. Okay, so first of all, number one, B, this is what happens when you put your kids first. Not always, but you do see this happening a lot in today um, The because this generation right now, right here that we're in, is referred to lovingly as the boomerang generation of children. So basically, that's adult children boomeranging back into the mommy and daddy's house it's funny because it used to be boomers <laughs> where it's, oh, yeah. it's people who who uh who essentially like boomed the economy uh, i think that's they per- i think that's they where it came from boomerangs right? and now we have that's boomerangs funny. that's out but it's literally because that thing you play with a boomerang because yeah. you know you throw it and it comes back to you yeah, except for, i've never been able to get them to come back honestly that's because you're playing with a frisbee Yes, well, maybe. but here's yes. So you're right, boomerang kids. It happens a whole lot, and and we've mentioned it in prior episodes. But here's what usually happens: a boomerang kid is usually from a family that is where one spouse, usually mom, usually mom. Let's just be real: is putting everything into the kid, and then almost like they're conditioning the kid to be completely dependent on them and the family, uh, and not really like 
I don't know, help them craft their own future per se. Well, and, and a lot of times you see where the mom, because like you said, it is usually the mom, not always, but the one parent is getting their love and connection and sense of identity and worth from the child. So they almost want their children to come back because it's, it's, how they identify for so many years going through, you know, their adolescent years and stuff. Um, I think I read that some 39% of today's adults um, have at one point or another moved back in with their parents. Now we did we've done that. Yeah. And yeah. part of it is due to the economy. It's not always due to, to this, but I mean, if you have parents that put you first and the economy's bad, there's probably the ones that are more likely to take you in. And that was absolutely my parents. Me and my sister were, were first and her and I both as adults have at one point lived uh, back with my you parents. You lived with your parents until we got married. Well, I went to college yeah, and then after college, yeah, I moved back in because, well, imagine this, I couldn't find a job that paid enough. <laughs> and then I got, no, actually I did get a job right before we got married that still didn't pay, pay enough. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, and then I lived with them till we were married. And then at one point we were kind of in between places and moved back in for a little while. So there's no there's no shame in it. It happens, especially because this generation is in so much more debt, I think, than our parents' generation with yeah. student loans and stuff and yeah. the economy crashing and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, but I think what's important to realize is is we always talk about it. It's okay. You become an empty nester and then we're, we're supposed to kind of let our kids go. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Put them in the basket and let them flow down the river. Right. <laughs> no. Interesting. Right. But the idea here is, okay, now we're going to go live the rest of our lives and retirement and enjoy each other and give each other high fives because we raise good kids. But what's happening is the kids are coming back, which is ruining the next phase of life for, for, what, what we're supposed to be doing and accomplishing together um, on our way to retirement, right? He's he's offended that yeah. you're saying you're going to put him in a basket on the river. No, I agree. I, th- I think we were supposed to, I think, I mean, I just, I think that's the way God created it so that then we can relearn each other and you kind of live. It's just supposed to be the next stage. And then you got to see so many people are falling into the sandwich generation a lot earlier with having to take care of older loved ones. And um, it just it puts a strain on your marriage. We've seen it with I mean, obviously, we don't yet have adult kids living with us. <laughs> our young kids put a strain on our marriage. <laughs> right. No, but but you see it happening. Having other people living in your house it just throws off the natural order of things, whether yeah. other adults. Yeah. And, and from a boomerang perspective, sometimes it's used as like a, a almost like a coping mechanism of we're not happy anyway. So let's just uh-huh. like bring you on in. It's a nice distraction. Exactly. It's yeah. a nice distraction. Seen so, that. so we should never be positioning ourselves to, to be okay with, with saying like, Oh yeah, it's okay. We want our kids to live with us forever. Uh, because one, it's emotionally selfish because we're not giving them the opportunity to go out and go expand on life on their own and make their own mistakes and all that stuff. And then on top of it, like you said, it's a distraction in our marriage from keeping us from growing and getting better. Yeah. I mean, there's time and place for it though. Obviously I'm thankful for the time that we were able to do that and some people need to do it. So we're not shaming or saying it should never happen. It's just, yeah, it's, you're more it likely to create a child that comes back if the thing the world revolves around them, which leads us into number two, the E. <laughs> 
The E. I already forgot. Come on. Entitlement. <laughs> oh, that's right. I said the world revolves around. Jonna gave me the four-step acronym. She's like, it's B, B, A, D. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. And then I totally forgot. I usually, a little behind the scenes, I usually write on a dry erase board. We have our notes and stuff, but Ledger, Ledger's ever, nobody's lap. cooperating There's computer today. in front of, yeah, it's just pure chaos. Which reminds us, if you would like to help. <laughs> Perfect segue, always. Always. That's because we always have an option. Buymeacoffee.com slash G-Y-G-Y-M. Every little bit counts to go towards coffee production, yada, yada. And babysitting. Babysitters. Yeah. Yes. No, seriously, though. Thank you for those. That yeah. too. Yeah. Thank um, so, E, entitlement. No, Ledger. This is a serious one. This, uh-oh. Come on, Ledger man. Chill out. And we're back after a brief interruption. Oh boy. All right. So entitlement is the second one. All right. So yes, entitlement is a huge deal. I think I think we're seeing seeing it a lot uh, in <laughs> in every <Everywhere>. form, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint one, but uh, but yeah, I, uh, we're not going to be successful if we feel like we deserve everything. I know, you know just us in in our early thirties and. And moving into, moving into trying to position our family in a better way, and all of these, like if we woke up every morning thinking, like I deserve, I deserve to to have all the success in the world handed to me and not have to work for it, and and I deserve to live comfortably and have the house I have and all that, like I deserve all of that stuff. I feel like it's a very dangerous place to be. Yeah. Do you feel like entitlement is the root of the culture Evil. of? <laughs> The root of the culture of instant gratification. Yeah, man. Do you think that's pretty much where that comes from? Like, as you're saying, I'm like, so many of us, us included, want things without having to work hard for them. But that's why the best things are not common. You know what I mean? Like, a super healthy fit body likes freaking hard work. And we feel Mm -hmm. entitled, like, just give me something to, to fix it. Like, I deserve to, you know. Yeah, feel this way or a good relationship without the work and right and and I think entitlement it's entitlement correlates perfectly with patience. It's like we've we've forgotten the art of being patient and taking consistent action and realizing the compound effect of what's to come and all that stuff. And it's just like if we are raising our kids um, and they are entitled or feel entitled. I know so many of the clients I've worked with in the past who have been executives have been like, it's so funny. These millennials come in and they act like after being there for a year that they should get these 10% increase in raises and have management positions and all this different stuff. And they're like, I've been here for 30 years. It's from mommy and daddy telling them that they're <laughs> right. number one. They deserve everything. No no uh, second place. What is it? Everybody gets a blue ribbon participation oh, crap. Like started. there's no sense. It's like everybody's so offended by everything. And and nowadays, and I think that comes from entitlement that everybody should just have just, I, I don't know that it just doesn't make sense to me. Like the art mm-hmm. of working for things is so gone. And I do believe that a lot of that comes from parents who put their kids first and the whole wide world revolves around them. Mm-hmm. To be honest, again, my my parents did the best with what they had. They but they put my sister and I first, and they loved us so. You know, my mom. I literally thought I could do anything, be anything I wanted to be, except for she did tell me I could not sing because I really wanted to be the next Britney. <laughs> right. Um, but she did at least let me know that, so I didn't go out in the world and embarrass myself. Well, she didn't want to get embarrassed either. So that's true. <laughs> that makes sense. That's true. No, listen. Side note: I did not. If you don't believe me, how much I cannot sing, I did not make. 
fifth grade choir. Ooh, okay, fifth grade. That's pretty I sang bad. Row, row, row your boat. She's like, honey, you can go to band. So what you're saying is like it was supposed to be uh, everybody made it. But then when you came in the room, they're like, maybe we should do select this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it became a tryout. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, it was it was that hurt. I thought I was going to be the next Britney for yeah. sure. No. Nope. So they did tell me that they were honest with me about that. But then otherwise, they I mean, I thought I thought I was let me date myself all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. And then I had a rude awakening when I left my very small town and went to a large college. And I was like, whoa, life is a lot different here. And the world doesn't revolve around me. And now I am shook. I got to make my own doctor's appointments. And Oh, can we just talk about that really quick? So Jonna needs to go to the Oh, no, BMV. I'm talking about how I used she to be to like this. She needs to go to the no. I used no, to no, no, be. No, no, no. No, literally, her dad still goes with her to the BMV <laughs> because he knows she gets anxious at going to the BMV. Listen, that is that is sad sauce he right just there. Likes to be there <laughs> for me. Is, it's his way of is. showing me love. And I remember when we were first married, and I was in this like teacher mode. Like I'm, I'm gonna teach you all the ways of the world, John. Because I just thought because you knew I, everything. I thought I had all the answers. Right. I I just remember so many times, almost like forcing you to make to make uh-huh. uh like uh like you will call Sally May yourself and stuff like, like no <laughs> i don't want to right oh dude you hate it you hate it it's, you did finally just give up on that. i totally gave up on it but <laughs> it was funny now that you're 32 and you have to go to the bmv and just the other day i'm not even kidding she calls her dad <laughs> and her dad well, was like her dad volunteered he's like ah, i know you don't like to do that alone like, i'll go which, with you That's i was like dad hilarious. my tags are expired which line do i get in when i get there oh, and he's like ah, oh, you don't gotta go today it'll probably be busy let's Let's just see if you can go in the morning. I'll go oh, with you. I was like, oh, Lord. Okay. Oh, I know. It's just. Okay. We all have our so weak spots. I'm still, I'm still a little spoiled in some areas, but. So entitled. Like if I had to do it by myself, I would. But I mean, it is a perfect example. They, they've always put us first and yeah. Yeah. Dad, if you're listening, shout out. Entitled. That you still take me. He just stopped putting gas in my car like five years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ten years ago. Oh yeah. Well, no, hey. seriously, I I will say we have we have we have definitely benefited from your parents. Um, I I don't know making you entitled. I guess right. I'm not entitled. <laughs> no, I, I know don't. how to work for things. It's just yeah. yeah. There are some ways that that's how he knows how to show because he doesn't know how to show his love to an adult child. I, they don't. They weren't yeah, prepared for that. So yeah, maybe that's part of it. I feel like my mom still nurtures me and like wants to be there for me as mom, and that's why she helps me with the kids a lot and stuff. And then my dad doesn't necessarily know i don't think anymore how to connect with me as an adult so that's how he shows me he still loves me by doing things he's always done for me yeah yeah dad if you're listening i don't know if you'll agree with that maybe everybody not talking about this everybody loves differently i feel like yeah but everybody loves differently i mean mean, everybody knows how to love in a different way it's yeah i mean that's that's a totally real thing but uh but nonetheless, entitlement can be a really dangerous place because of lack of patience, because because of coming off, uh, you know, obviously we all grow up differently, but because if you're coming off like you deserve something over somebody else, uh, it doesn't sit well with people. You're not no. going to you're not going to move up in the world very fast with that. In fact, most people I feel like are drawn towards humility and and people who are just like working, grinding, servant, grinding, servants move. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it doesn't serve well in your marriage. Yeah. So we want to keep our kids away from B, which is? Boomeranging. Boomeranging. 
We want to keep our kids away from E, which is entitlement. So yeah, those are two we're still working on our five year old understanding that we have three other kids. We are. She wakes up. She she wakes up with just the most incredible dominant behavior you've ever seen in your life. Just like in your face, like totally ready to just not let anybody talk and uh, completely just. There's no other word but dominate. She needs the attention. She she thinks she, she craves does. the attention. Yes. yes. So uh, next. A, uh, if so, if you're putting your kids first and you're not giving your spouse the attention they need, this can result in affairs. A for affairs, because I mean, we kind of we touched on it in the last episode, but if you haven't heard <clears throat> episode 65, especially in the sense, let's just go with the most likely scenario: mom is putting all of her all into the kids, showing them all of all of her love, giving her, them all of her time and attention. Dad starts to feel, I mean, Chris even said a little bit demasculine, demasculinized. Is that a word? Demasculated. I Demasculated, like I said, maybe. Demi- yeah. yeah. Less masculine, less than, um, obviously doesn't feel the love and not that it gives them an excuse, but you see it happen a lot. We've seen it in marriages of people we know where, the guy starts to turn to either emotional or physical affairs to get the attention that he's maybe subconsciously or consciously craving from his wife. Yeah. Resentment's a real thing and, and it can really impact the relationship with kids. So just a very, very simple way of looking at it is like you said, let's, let's, let's take that scenario where mom's putting everything in, into the kids. Dad's working. He feels like a stork. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's, there's this resentment, which his resentment for the kid then turns into like backlash resentment from mom. Like, don't treat my kid that way. Mm-hmm. And then, then you feel this incredible disconnect because you can't have conversations. You can't do anything because you're constantly fighting over the kids. And then she feels like, oh, well, you don't have a good relationship with them anyway. And that bothers me. And we can't connect if you don't have a good relationship with our kids. And it, So then we go into protection mode over yeah. the kids because that's yeah. not... Especially when you see, even if it's your own spouse, seeing another person uh, be upset with your kids. I mean, it just mom bear instincts come out. For sure. And we're speaking from experience. If you have never listened before, real quick, when we had our first, I did that. I put everything into her. I didn't care about Chris anymore because truly we hadn't had a deep enough. We loved each other, but it was very checklist just kind of going through the motions yeah this makes sense he's a good guy i'm a good girl like we i don't know we Mm -hmm. it was not a passionate relationship it was Mm -hmm. very much so like business i i remember the first feeling of resentment towards our kids and that this is sad but obviously after you have a baby you can't have sex for a long time and stuff and i remember we were like towards the tail end of that like it was possible to have to have sex and um and I remember like we were about to basically and oh, Lola yeah, yeah. and Lola <clears throat> just started flipping out. Absolutely flipping out. And I I mean it totally killed the mood, right? Obviously super fat, but not one of those like I'm just crying a little bit, but like tripping like for a long time. And everything just changed at the drop of a hat. You know, John had to go take care of her and I'm just sitting there like, Are you serious? Like Really? Like, I remember you went to, I don't know, get a bottle or something like that. And she was laying on the bed next to me. I just looked at her and I was just mad. I was like, is this, is this what it's going to be like? <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> yes, li- it is. literally you just start crying and then like moment over immediately. And that was really hard for me at 24 years old. I was just like, what in the world? Like, 
what? I'm not used to this, you know? Like, oh, like we always say, you don't know until really you know, and you didn't really realize when when we, when we people say, like, you got to die to yourself mm-hmm. as a parent. Then on top of that, let's let's touch on the the resentment of of mom not feeling as sexy as she used to feel because of what has what has taken place in her body. It's like, okay, my body's different now than it was before kids. I, I, so now, so now, now dad feels resentment sexually from the kid, not only for interruptions, but then also feels resentment because it's like, well now like, look what you did to your mother basically. Right. Like she, wow. she doesn't feel, she yeah. doesn't feel, you know, confident. Well, you feel resentment towards me then because one, after her, I was not wanting to, to, I didn't want you to see my body. It's a super ugly. And I definitely, I'm guessing I did not come back to that intimate moment after I settled her down. I just held her probably. Right. And then most of the time. Let's just say this really quick. I remember that was one of the things, and this, and this is pretty deep, but that was one of the things when I went when I was falling back into pornography for the second time, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um, that was one of the big triggers for me. Like that, that was something that pushed me into that. Cause I was like, well, I'm not going to get it anywhere else. Right. Uh, and it's a super selfish thought. Uh, now that I look back and I've really tried to kill that selfishness in me. Uh, but initially I was like, what is this kid taking from me? Right. Uh, and then, and then I fell back into pornography for a short time. Not because of her or you, but because of my own selfish desires. But resentment. But it still caused. Well, that's what I was gonna say. You fell into that. You didn't fall into an affair per se. But no. I. I mean, I believe. I mean, the Bible says lust is lust, and it might as well be adultery. So yeah. you still did fall into affair type behavior that crushed me. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So well, <clears throat> I feel like we should have called this. Beard, <laughs> beard, resentment. Yeah, well, I feel like resentment. One. Yeah, that's true. Okay, beard, beard. Let's add beard resentment to it. Beard is the acronym now. Beard. Yeah, because it. I mean, and then on the flip side, because there are dads that come in and get to be the fun dad and get to be the one who maybe comes in instead of kissing the wife, goes straight to the kids and wants to play with them and give mm, them the attention. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I think that that forms the same thing. Forms a resentment from mm-hmm. the wife's side, like man, I wish you were excited to see me. I wish you spent time with me or, or to the flip side of, I don't get to have the fun with the kids. I'm the di- disciplinary. You just get to do all the fun stuff. Or even the fact that like, maybe she has specific desires like, Hey, help me with this. Help me with this project. Help me with this. Help me with that. But the kids and are then first. the kids come first because it's like, daddy, play with me. Daddy, do this. Daddy, do that. Daddy, do that. And then he's like, yeah, okay, I got you. Uh, and then she's just like, wow, that's ridiculous. Like this, you, you totally, you totally my putting everything my over me. Yeah. 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 Which I think there's a healthy balance because every single older person with older kids will tell us, hey, the cleaning can wait. And I get that. But I know for me, mentally, it, I struggle when the house is an absolute wreck. Yeah. And so I think there's a healthy balance of I would love to see you playing with the kids, but also still, yes, my needs should come first because that shows me that that's important to you, that we're being a team and then we can all play together kind of thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, we don't necessarily struggle with that, but I do know plenty of people who say, well, dad's just a fun one and he gets to do all of that while I'm over here still doing the dishes or whatever by myself. Sex, I'm not fun. <laughs> <sighs> we really got to work on that. <laughs> I know it, it is what it is. You can't have it all, babe. I, I mean, know. Come on. <laughs> I know. That's why I really want to go on a little trip because I know that could get you, if we could just get you out of your work 
zone. Not that you wouldn't think about work, but work is fun. Be more fun. I like I like to yeah, work. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So we've got boomerang. You don't want your kids to necessarily boomerang. We've got entitlements. Entitlement. Definitely don't want your kids to be entitled. We've got the possibility of affairs or type. I would say affairs or addiction, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I th- it. I think we should. Oh, we're. Yeah. We're, yeah. On the Absolutely. spot right here. Affairs or addiction is what A could stand for because. So we're beard. There's plenty of people. <laughs> there's plenty of people who are like, yeah, affairs aren't going to happen for me. That's just a, a boundary that I set a long time ago. Like Chris told me. When we first started dating, like, I've never cheated on a girlfriend. I knew if I ever cheated on a girlfriend, like, I would be more tempted as a husband. And I, like, I knew that was something I would never do. And so he set that boundary from, like, a young age, which, yeah. side note, I did not believe him when I first met him because I had Just because never... I look like a douchebag doesn't mean I was. <laughs> okay. I had literally never known a guy that had not cheated at that point. So, uh, so yeah. So there's some people who are like, yeah, okay, no affairs. I don't have to worry about that. But you do have to worry about the possibility of addiction the spouse who's feeling second to the children or second to a hobby or second to anything really may look for some kind of feeling of comfort in things like food and alcohol and even drugs or pornography or something to make them feel Mm, that's a strong point i can't believe we forgot addiction because you're absolutely right like when 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 we're empty, we're trying to fill the mm-hmm. void with something. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. And yeah, it all relates back to addictive things. What can I get? What can I do? And and when we're feeling resentment or we're feeling empty, like our brain is in survival mode. Like, what what do we need? Give what do we something. need? What do we need? Right? Yeah. And so for me, like my resentment was easier because I was like, what do I need? I need sex right now. She's a CB, right? A cock block, right? <laughs> um, Great. Now we got to change the rating. I used to call. I used to call the kids CB one, CB two, CB three. They clearly ain't blocking much <laughs> that we're up to four in five years. I know. <laughs> but but truly, yeah. So you're you're absolutely right. Thank you. So. Boomerang, entitled, addiction and affairs, resentment, and disconnect. Just complete and total disconnect in your marriage. Yeah, which which I kind of feel like that just goes back through all of them. Because there's no way to be connected uh, if there's there's very likely a much lower possibility of being connected if the kids have boomerang back home long term right like it's almost like you're older and the kids are older and now like they're just kind of getting the best of both worlds by coming and going and all that stuff uh and you're missing out on some of those golden years with your spouse right so the disconnect is definitely there right uh when you talk about entitlement there's resentment towards entitlement right so again there's a disconnect because you probably you probably not entitled yourself uh usually what i've found and i've and this is sad, but I've worked with a lot of wealthy people and it seems like wealthy kids tend to be more entitled because their parents worked so hard, so freaking hard to, to get to where they got that they wanted to give the kids everything because they worked hard, but they don't realize how miserable they're making their kids. I, I remember uh, one of my trainer friends had a client who she filthy rich. I mean, absolutely filthy rich, but she was so miserable so miserable her, her dad owned tons of companies he's like a billionaire and like she was so miserable she was given everything it's like she had a hundred thousand dollar a month allowance oh my God. yeah you know <laughs> and you give that to a 20 year old who has no idea how to connect or or 
anything, you know, and all they do is fall into addiction and partying and drugs and all just these searching things. for something to fill that Material void. things, right? From missing the love and connection exactly. that they needed from their parents, who were probably just trying to give them a better life than what they had. Because assuming thinking about the generations that's probably the generation that raised them then were the ones who went through the great depression and all of that stuff you know what i mean it's just like i'm really interested right now in generational trauma and generational curses so stay tuned because we'll probably have an episode soon on that as i dig for a book on it we've promised a lot of episodes hopefully we've connected on most of them (laughs) i think so well i'm just really into learning more about that right now because obviously we're seeing how much we are conditioned from our parents in good ways and in bad who obviously were conditioned from their parents and so on. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But back to disconnect. Uh, I just always feel like I have to have a disclaimer here that we are not saying because your spouse is first, your kids are neglected. This does not mean just love your spouse and feed them and just let the kids fit for themselves. Like we still agree to love on your children, but do it as one, do it as a team. It's, it's, it's you and your spouse, and then the kids. This is how we have done it in our marriage. This is why we're doing well. I believe one of the reasons why we're doing well as a couple. Um, but I mean, we still have a ton of room for improvement oh, in yeah. our marriage and in our parenting. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about like where we need to grow the most. And where we need to grow the most is our collective parenting. I think when we talk about spouse over kids, the most powerful piece of it is your kids know that you support one another. And that is the truth. They definitely know that. But I have weaknesses, which probably goes back to the generational thing. I have weaknesses uh, on parenting myself. And I think I've talked openly about that. Uh, and I think, I think Jonna takes, I think Jonna takes things too hard uh, and has too much guilt in her. So we're like kind of polar opposites when it comes to that. Uh, but Ultimately, we're not parenting together the way we know we need to parent Uh, because the truth is you can say spouse over kids all you want, but during this phase of life, this is about us grooming and raising our kids. Uh, So our time is later, we just just have to make sure that we are close enough that we'll be able to enjoy that time together and know each other. Uh, But I think anyone could argue like, hey, don't go spouse over kids now because your kids are young and they need you. Uh, but I think what we're saying is spouse over kids that way we're positioning ourselves for mm-hmm. great golden years together. 100%. Well, I think it just comes the way that we implement that is freaking talking, having conversations about what we want. What, what do we want our kids to, what do we want to instill in our kids? What do we want to show them in our marriage? How do we continue to grow together? So we don't experience during this chaos, chaotic part of life where the kids are dependent on us and we do have to put more into them. How do we make sure we're staying close and and growing together so that our relationship just isn't on autopilot until they grow up and leave? And then we're like, oh crap, because so many people <laughs> experience that. Yeah, it is definitely harder when you're in this season. We've got four, five and under. So they their immediate needs come first sometimes. But uh, we talked about in the last episode some ways that we show that we are it's mommy and daddy first is making time for each other, showing them, hey, daddy just got home from work. I'm going to I'm going to hug him and I'm going to talk to him for a minute and you're not going to interrupt us mm-hmm. or you know, when we were doing better at date nights saying, you know, this is important for us. They'd be upset. They didn't want us to leave, especially our five-year-old. We don't want you to leave. We want you to stay here with us. Well, mommy and daddy need time together. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff we're doing to still try to be, um, I don't know, cognizant of 
yeah. the fact how easy it is when they're little to put them first. Yeah. And honestly, spouse of a kids is like a muscle that you have to mm-hmm. keep, you have to keep growing that muscle and, and, and working that muscle because let's go, let's go to even that example of we couldn't even go on date nights. Like Lola would absolutely freak out, you know, oh, absolutely yeah. go. I couldn't even leave the house. Attachment, yeah. Right? yeah. And <clears throat> we would leave the house all dressed up and ready to go on a date night, and John would be sobbing. It would just instantly kill the mood, and she would feel so guilty. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Mom we need this, sucks. right? But, yeah. but then again, you look at me on the extreme end where I'm like mad that she's sobbing, not not feeling empathetic at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're both on very different extremes. But yeah. Which the, upset me more. It made exactly, me want exactly. the baby more. And it goes more. all the way back yeah. to the disconnect and the resentment and how it just yeah. comes in that full vicious circle. But yeah, the truth is – Spouse over kids is a muscle and you have to, you have to work it and you have to realize like, oh, when you walk in the gym, you're not just going to, you're not just going to grab the heaviest weight and start working with it. Right. Ah, oh, kid interruption. Bummer. Is this an emergency? Lindley, if it's not an emergency, you got to go. Well, we're almost done, baby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We will. We'll, we'll fix that as soon as we're done. Okay. Okay. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? I'm saying... Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So special for kids is a muscle. You're not going to walk muscle, in the gym yeah. and you are not going to pick up the biggest weight and start working with it the very first day. Right. You got to like realize, okay, I'm progressing, progressing, progressing. It gets easier. The first day sucks. Mom sobs. Everyone's upset. Everybody's oh, guilty. Yeah. The first every time, overnight. I'll say sucks. every time we still, if we go on an overnight, I still cry mm-hmm. at first because I feel I just can't help it. The mom guilt. There's such a thing. So between hormones and anxiety and just the fact that social media especially just you puts these expectations on motherhood that you just have to do it all and do it all well and you're selfish if you're doing this and even though i know those well, your things kids have to match and your true, filters have to be like the perfect right <laughs> and even though i know so much of that isn't true there's still just this like oh what if they're sad without me and should i be doing this and and you know but mm-hmm. it always always ends up to be the best thing for us. And so you just have to work that muscle and realize this is going to grow us. And so even if you're in that place where you're like, I just, I don't know, like we're not even on that great of terms right now, it's still better for your kids. So if let them be your motivation, fine to get there, it's still better for your kids to mom, for mom and dad to be happy and loving and content and all of those things. But I do think it's something with that muscle with each kid you add, I think you're working a new muscle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? By trying to figure out, one, how to now prioritize your spouse with this many children. And then, two, you know, this is my baby. Like, this is our first boy, and he's our baby. And so it's it's different this time. Not that I love him more. It's just a different connection. I think any mom who has, any parent who has boys and girls, like, your connection with each kid is different, right? Even if you have the same gender, each kid's different. But not knowing if this is our last or not, you know, I'm trying to hang on to some of those baby things. I try to sneak him in the bed with us sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Chris is like, hey, we don't, this is, like, the only time we get to be together alone. And, like, not just even, like, intimacy-wise, but just to, like, touch without a kid. Right. So, you know, that mu- point being that muscle has to continue to be worked. Yes. And, and the biggest thing is to continue to communicate about our needs. Yes. Mm. I'm with it. All right. So we covered it. Beard. Beard. <laughs> sound like Dory from uh, Fighting <laughs> Talking Whale. <laughs> Such a dad thing to that say. Kinda was, wasn't it? Yeah. So beard is what? It's. 
Boomerang. Boomerang. Entitlement. Affairs and addiction. Affairs and addiction. Resentment. And disconnect. And dis- we got it all. I know. And those are we all did. really good things, really bad things that you don't want in your relationship. And, and I, all solved by. Well, not solved by, but I really do think you lessen the chance yeah, of right. all of lessen. those things if you and your spouse are putting each other first. Yes. Mm, I love it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't have anything else to add. I think we're good. I, what do we have time-wise? Well, this one's at 27, but we had a nine minute before the interruption. Oh, okay. But that's good. Okay, cool. Sweet. Okay, guys. Well, as usual, if this brings you some value and if you listen to 65, also go ahead and share 65 and 66. And honestly, if we can just tell you, we are trying to grow our show now. We believe this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're trying to do it more full-time basis. So the best, the best, the best compliments you can give us, if you like listening to our show, there's a couple different things, actually more than a couple couples, just two. And I don't like when people say a couple and then say more than two. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's things you can do. You can subscribe to the show. You can review and share it. You can, um, write us and tell us mm-hmm. you know well i'll this is something very unique that would be like really helpful if, if any like okay so usually people find podcasts by like typing in what are the best marriage podcasts mm-hmm. right and so um those bloggers need to know what podcasts people like oh that's good uh, yeah way. so yeah so technically podcasters will reach out and say hey will you put mine on the list and it's kind of inauthentic uh but I don't know if you know any bloggers or you read any specific or blogs. you are a blogger or you are a blogger. Yeah. Gosh, that would be awesome. Uh, just be like, Hey, I've listened to this show. I really like this show. Uh, that would, that would help us grow. Yeah. Just any word of mouth uh, helps. I mean, that's how I find most podcasts that I listen to is just by other people either sharing them or hearing somebody on somebody else's podcast and liking yeah. them. So yeah. And then of Which course we need to get guesting on other <laughs> shows and we haven't done that a whole lot because yeah. time is our biggest enemy. But, uh, but yeah, if you want to help us out, those are some great ways, obviously, following us on social media and just interacting with us. We really, truly do value any feedback we get. And Chris is better than me, but getting constructive criticism, too, if there's something you don't like or you wish you could hear more of or you, you there's a guest you'd like us to find an interview, um, anything like that, just holler at us. Yeah. We, we're, we're interactive. That's what this is about. Cool. And finally. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash G-Y-G-Y-M and that goes towards uh, coffee and production and hopefully one day a babysitter. One day. <laughs>